Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. Today, we're talking with Gabe Diedrich from Baird about bonds. And when I said consistent income, it's hard to imagine something more consistent than the income you can get from bonds. But in 2022, for the first time in over 20 years, there's been a huge amount of volatility in the prices of bonds. We're hearing it, and that's why we wanted to bring Gabe on today. He manages about $10 billion worth of bonds. So if you're losing sleep over your bonds this year, just imagine the level of guts it takes for Gabe to manage billions of anything in 2022. So Gabe, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Jeremy. And fortunately for me, I don't have to do it alone. We've got a great team here uh, that I get to work get to work alongside of and, and manage those bonds together. Yeah, that's it. exactly it. And we're talking to a lot of people who are planning for retirement and they're wondering, should I buy stocks? Should I buy bonds? Sometimes the thought is there's like this perfect investment, but a lot of the focus has been on stocks just in general, especially there's some people out there called financial independence, retire early. They call themselves fire and they say you shouldn't even own bonds right? Just why not go with full stocks all the time because they do better over the long run. So just tell us, Gabe, what is the point of bonds if they don't go up as much as uh, stocks do when the stocks go up? Yeah, certainly stocks have a have a place in the portfolio. But when we talk about bonds, I think it's important to use their alternative name, which is fixed income. And that fixed income word is so important because it really tells the investor that they're going to have a portion of their return that's very predictable. And that's extremely important for two reasons. Uh, the first is when you have that predictable component of returns, you know your ability to meet a horizon, whether if it's a certain savings goal, retirement or other goals in life, you can definitely help to forecast that with a fixed income component in your return. The equity market doesn't offer something like that. The other point is, You'd mentioned stocks going up, and, and oftentimes when stocks run, they well outperform the bond market. However, when things get difficult, the bond market can often be a haven. And when we see the stock market go down 30 to 40% in a, in a deep bear market, the bond market experience typically is going to be more in the 5 to 10% variety. So much different magnitudes. The highs are not as high, the lows are not as low, and Ultimately, it makes it just a good asset class to use as part of a diversified portfolio. Yeah, and one thing I like to remind people is a bad year in the stock market is like a negative 50% drop. A bad year in the bond market is a negative 15% drop. Well, at 2022 though, they're trying to push the limits. Like bonds are really trying hard to break what I was saying right there. But let, let's just talk about what are the different risks just between stocks and bonds? Well, I think the, the biggest risk for bonds is inflation. Um, inflation is really a kryptonite for bonds and it can lead to price declines. And I think for the fixed income investors, certainly they've been seeing some of that here year to date. Obviously bond yields have gone up and, and what that does is it causes declines in bond prices. If a new bond comes out and it, has a, it offers a higher level of yield, 
someone's not going to want that older bond that had a lower level of yield. And, and as a result, its price would fall. That's obviously something that impacts the bond market. The, the one thing that's good about the bond market is it's really the backbone for all of our borrowing. Sometimes that when I talk to friends and family about the bond market, they, they kind of they step back a little bit and they maybe don't understand it or they want to learn a little bit more, but they just can't get their arms around it. And I always remind people that the bond market is priced very similarly to all the rates that we see out there in our daily life. On the short-term side, it could be what our savings accounts are yielding. And on the longer-term side, it could be something like a 30-year mortgage. Those types of rates that we all experience in our daily life and their movements are also present in the bond market. The biggest difference for the bond investor is we're the lender, right? So when you're investing in the bond market, you're loaning money. You want the highest yield possible. When you're on the other side and you're going to get a mortgage, you definitely want the lowest yield possible. I think for the stock investor, clearly you don't have that fixed income return that we talked about. And I think for equity investors, they have to put in a lot of work to try to, to, try to model out what the health of that company looks like longer term. And that can be a riskier proposition in terms of how they invest those dollars. I'm no equity investor myself um, in terms of my day-to-day -day work, but I invest in equities in my personal portfolio, uh, just like most of the listeners here. The, the nice thing for me in my day-to-day -day work, though, again, is that fixed income component really brings math to the forefront and helps to provide some predictability of returns. Yeah, you're talking about a whole lot of things that are so fundamental to clients and investing. You mentioned that if you own a bond, you are the lender. If you own a company, you just own the you know piece of the company. If you own the stocks, you own a piece of the company. So if you're listening and wondering, you know, what's the difference between stocks and bonds? With a stock you own, with the bonds you loan. Like you are actually loaning out money to other people. And of course you want to get get paid back, uh, which is the the point of the bond. And you you demand the fixed income. You demand a payment for that along the time. There's a whole bunch of things to you. You packed in really quickly, so I wanna break it down a bit. Just this idea of time horizon, risk profile, fixed income. Maybe just tell us why would somebody want to buy a bond based on maybe time horizon versus buying a stock? Yeah, I think that the bond can typically be matched to the horizon of the goal. So let me give you an example. If you see yourself looking at maybe a, a retirement home and that goal to you is three years out, there are bonds out there that can be purchased with excess cash for investment. You can put that excess cash into bond portfolios or bonds that match that maturity. And let's say that that borrower, whoever it is, they, they might only have to borrow money for that short period of time. So we have a match there. When that bond becomes due or when that portfolio turns over fully, you're going to have captured income and then you'll get your principal back to meet your goal. Similarly speaking, if you have a longer horizon, you can find longer term bonds and longer term bond portfolios where that borrower has needed money for a longer term project, let's say a water and sewer project in a city. That's a long-term, long-life asset. You can buy that bond that matches up with that goal. So it's really aligning the goal 
with the type of security that you're buying. In stocks, it's a little different, right? Stocks, you're not going to have that defined life or that maturity like you would in the fixed income market. So again, that can maybe lead to some volatility in the short term, even though it could be a nice place to be longer term. Again, that fixed income can much more closely match an exact goal uh, that you might have in mind. Yeah, I want to thank you for breaking down exactly how to understand this because there's some advanced math that I know uh, you're thinking of and talking about. There's some things out there called asset liability matching, fancy term called duration, but you are just breaking down how bonds work and every day. I know I was referred to you now to, to say, hey, here, if you want to talk bonds, talk to Gabe because you, you can definitely explain it in, in great ways. And with bonds, there's a promise there, right? I'm not going to call it a certainty, but there's a promise you'll get paid back. With stocks, there's a hope and maybe a, a probability. We'll, we'll talk that, uh, we'll say bonds are promises, stocks are hopes and probabilities. And depending on the risk and when you want to be investing for, you know, you, you're going to find one or the other, or probably for most people, some level of combinations are uh, going to work out the, the best for you. Uh, something you talked about earlier was the, the generality that when stocks go down, that the bonds can be a, a safe haven. The term I see in the Wall Street Journal is flight to safety, right? Or flight to quality. Uh, tell me a little bit about that and how that maybe, I'm not gonna say works because <laughs> it doesn't always work, but kind of how does that trend? Like what's this idea of flight to safety and, and why would somebody even want to have bonds even if they're a, a super aggressive investor? Sure, I think we could start with looking at treasury debt. Treasury debt is what's issued by the US government. And when you think about flight to safety, that US government debt is something that the federal government has promised to repay with its full taxing authority of the entire United States. So you can't get really a bigger promise than that. And obviously the US, US Treasury is aiming to uphold that. It's really viewed as the, the high quality risk-free asset out there. So with that as a, as a backdrop, when people are uncertain about the economy, that can be a great place to turn. And typically you'll see that the prices of those securities will go up and people will accept a lower yield to buy those treasury securities or invest in treasury portfolios. Very different experience in the stock market, right? In the stock market, if there is a risk off event and people are uncomfortable about the future of the economy, they're going to look for a lower price on that stock to be a buyer because there's much less certainty about the future revenues of that company and as a result, how it should be valued. The final thing I would note, and this is more of a general comment for bonds versus stocks, when you buy, a, when you buy bonds, oftentimes you're ahead of where that stock is offered from that very same entity. So let me give you an example. Uh, a company like Walmart, they have stock outstanding. They also have debt outstanding. If something would go wrong with Walmart, and I certainly am not making that case, but just <laughs> for the point of example, if push came to shove and someone had to get their money back at the end of the day, the bond investor would typically be in front of any other equity investor because you have a secured claim on assets of that on that issuer. If you're unsecured, again, the bond investor typically fares better. So 
that helps that investment, that helps that bond investment perform better in times of economic stress than what you would see in the equity market. Yeah, you got it. And, and certainly in 2022, inflation has been hitting. And because of that, the bonds are going down in general because of in inflation. But I've been paying attention. There's been a few days where the stock market has just dropped by two, three, four percentage points. There's been some big drops on a daily time, just a few of them in 2022. And I went over and checked the treasury market. And yes, in the entire year, those treasuries have been down mainly because of inflation. But for those days, it seems like most of them, the treasuries are actually up. There is that flight to safety because what people don't realize is when, when the market goes down, it's because people are getting their money out of the stock market. Well, when you get your money out of something, it has to go somewhere. And oftentimes that somewhere, when people are getting out of the market because they're afraid of the market, is the bond area and is those those treasuries because like you said if you're scared of risk you want to find the best protection you can and a promise from the u.s government is uh the best promise you can find around you might disagree about how good that promise is but it's still the best <laughs> everyone uh objectively can agree it's the, still the best uh one out there so good yeah. well one thing i was looking at kind of researching something baird had just put out recently is that and I've, and I've heard this term before the last 13 years or so, interest rates were basically zero. It's like you had no choice if you wanted to earn money other than go into stocks. And so they call that Tina. There is no alternative. And I, I saw there, Baird has a new term. They say kind of Tina's done with because interest rates are up. Now you got to look at Patty. Now, now who's Patty? Why, why don't we care about Tina anymore? Yeah, I'm, that's, I love talking about this. Uh, Warren, Warren Pearson, our co-chief investment officer, he coined Patty. But before we talk about her, let's talk about Tina. Tina really came out of there. There is no alternative. Tina was there is no alternative. And it was really there is no alternative to stocks. And what it meant was uh, you had to invest in stocks because everything else was a, uh, in, an inferior investment option, that these other things would underperform and you needed to invest in stocks. And frankly, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't completely misplaced. If you look over the last two years, the stock market went up 50% over those two years. You know, the bond market went up 6%. Again, our highs are not as high. So there certainly was a performance that, that happened for stocks. It was driven by the Fed, right? The Fed came in seeing the pandemic and one of its um, one of its goals is to provide economic stability and there was a lot of stimulus that came in to help the US economy and and it really benefited stocks during that period today it's a different story and that's why i think patty was coined patty means pay attention to the yield and Pay attention to the yield is extremely important for fixed in, for fixed income investors because as that yield rises, so too does your total return projection for the future. You know, based on the maturity of the bond or the average life of the bonds that you're buying. So, if yields are up, that's good for future return, and we think investors need to take note of that. And and I certainly do think that's taking place here year to date, we've seen investors definitely pick up their heads at these new higher yields, recognizing, hey, the bond market's a pretty conservative place 
to invest, generally speaking, it's fallen in price. These new higher yields are awfully attractive. I want to lock that in. Uh, and, and we think that's something noteworthy to talk about. The final thing I would just add, you know, in, in this part of the conversation is that when yield goes up, it provides protection against future price declines of bonds. Because when you own a bond fund or an individual security, you're always getting that income in and then there's price movement. And your total return is really the combination of both. But as you get more income and as yields come up, when you buy that security, it takes more price decline to create a total loss uh, or a lot you know, to move you into negative total return. So as you see the bond market now with yields at four, four and a half percent, it, it, the forward looking projections for returns really have improved dramatically from what we saw at the start of this year. So that's a silver lining, right? We recognize prices have fallen in bonds and they've fallen in stocks and other asset classes year to date, but that higher yield is extremely important for giving a good total return going forward. Yeah, I, I appreciate talking about that in the yield because a lot of times when investors are asking me about money in general, they talk about the market in general. And when they say the market, they're really talking about the stock market. Mm -hmm. So a common question I get is, how's the stock market doing? And kind of one of my, um, I, I don't know, bones to pick with that question <laughs> is there is no such thing as doing. There is no present tense in the stock market. It's only what the stock market did. Like yes. a, a stock market is down 20%. How's it doing? You can't say it's doing down 20%. It did down 20%. It's in the past. Who knows what'll happen in the future with the stock market. But I'm thinking right now, this is just new to me, just in my brain. So we'll see how it comes out. <laughs> but from what you said there, there actually is like a present tense. There is a did with, or, or, or there is a doing with bonds. It's, it's called the yield. And there's kind of two factors that because it's your yield, which is what's kind of the current interest going on with that bond. And then there's this thing called duration, which is that fancy term for how long of a time frame that bond is going to exist. But there is a doing in the bond market. If you see a yield of 4% and you see a duration, like a, a time frame of four years, it should do about 4% over those four years. There, There is kind of a, a present tense with the bond market and it is that yield. So if you're wondering how is this going to do, I'm not going to tell you it's a, a certain situation, but look at those two things. When you're wondering how is the stock market going to do, it's a, a probability. It's a, a hope, a potential, which has worked out a lot of times. But with bonds, you can actually look at that yield and see whatever that number is. It's probably going to do that number of yield over the time frame. That's called the fancy term of of duration. So I just, that just struck me right now that there actually is a present tense in bonds. There definitely is not a present tense. There is no doing uh, in the stock market. Well, yeah. And you you hit it right on the head. And I would just add back to my earlier comment about the U.S. Treasury, right? They make a promise to repay your principal. The additional promise that they're making too is a fixed set of payments, right? Yeah. And those two promises, when they're upheld, it's going to give you that nothing's certain in life, but it's going to give yeah. you a level of certainty in terms of what that return um, should look like. Again, if you do the work, if you understand the investments that you're making within the bond market, um, you can do things all, you know, in all different types of 
you know, sectors within the bond market. But, you know, if you do it the right way, I totally agree with your point in that, you know, you do have that certainty and uh, you do have that, that clarity of income coming in on that product. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. You just mentioned sectors in the bond market. And it seems like people understand that there's different types of stocks. But when I talk to investors, they generally don't quite fully get that there's different types of bonds. They just, the bond market or bonds. Like people will ask me about international and large companies and small companies and value and growth stocks. But they don't ask me about the different types of bonds. They just say bonds, like in, in general. So maybe just describe for us uh, some of those key differences, just maybe uh, you know some some basic kind of different types of bonds that are out there. Sure. Well, it, and let's go back to who's borrowing money, right? There are different types of borrowers out there. Uh, the, the first and the biggest is the, the government, the U.S. federal government. The treasury market is obviously the, the, the big uh, elephant in the room for the bond market and the US government is routinely buying and they buy for short-term needs. They'll buy 10, you know, borrow for 10 years, they'll borrow for 30 years. Um, and you know, when we buy those bonds, we're the lender to the federal government. Uh, the corporate bond market is another big one. And the corporate bond market is pretty diverse itself. You know, it can be companies like Apple, uh, it could be companies like Verizon, um, you know, you see energy companies. Uh, we certainly see financial companies like banks. So all of corporate America can access the U.S. corporate bond market as well to borrow for their needs. And we'll often see that you know many corporations will have a balance that works for them between stocks outstanding and debt outstanding. So you know sometimes you can see both. Uh, there's also structured products. Structured products, just to simplify that category, the big component is mortgages. U.S. mortgages oftentimes are packaged together, and an investor can buy a pool of mortgages, effectively lending money out into the mortgage market, and then they'll receive a portion of those payments from all those different mortgage borrowers that are inside that particular bond. And then the final big category that I would talk about is municipal bonds. Uh, municipal bonds, it's also a diverse category. It's one that I specialize in. It would be states, cities, counties are the main groups, but people often forget that U.S. hospitals, transportation like our airports and our toll roads, uh, water and sewer systems, our electric utilities, uh, higher education, those are all part of the municipal bond market uh, as well. Yeah, awesome. So and that, that's helpful because people just need to understand there's different, there is no stock market. There's no bond market. There's kind of different types of stock markets. There's different types of bonds that are out there. So I appreciate that kind of that uh, explainer there. And I want to talk about municipal bonds in just a second, because like you said, that is your expertise. But the last year and a half or so, kind of the biggest bond story I've seen is these I-bonds. 
where it's a savings bond. It's kind of like the paper savings bond your grandpa gave you when you were five for your birthday, but now it's online and it's an I bond. It has to deal with inflation. And so some people are getting into that. They don't, uh, they're, they're learning about that. Uh, but a lot of people were dismayed by this $10,000 per person limit with I bonds. And we've got a lot of resources. We'll link to those resources about I bonds on there. But what they've been telling me then is, oh, I maxed out the I bonds, so I'm gonna go buy TIPS, the Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. And they're somewhat thinking those TIPS, those types of bonds work exactly like the I bonds, uh, and they certainly don't. So tell us a little bit about the TIPS. How are they maybe different from I bonds? How did an inflation protected bond lose value in 2022 when inflation went up? Yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, I-bonds, you know, just to start there, was a big discussion this past year because the rates were so high, right? You you have to d- invest directly with the U.S. Treasury. You can only do a small amount. And then your principal is set, but your payment adjusts based on the rate of inflation. The good part is that the payment was pretty high recently. The downside is, obviously, if inflation falls, your payment will start to decline. Um, and you'll get a smaller cash flow at the end of that investment with the I-bond. TIPS or Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, it's a different category of bond and its principal is adjusted. So right on the I-bonds, I mentioned that the yeah, it's interesting. income that you make is adjusted. In TIPS, the principal is adjusted. What I think some people forget about TIPS is that it still is a bond at the end of the day and it may have more interest rate risk than some people expect. So that was a bit of a surprise for some this year that the prices on these securities fell even though inflation was running hot. It fell just like other bond prices declined this year. It's a great tool, I think, for some investors to use if they're sophisticated and they understand how that security works because it can help express a view on inflation when you look at its pricing relative to a regular treasury security. You know, however, I'll even admit myself, I'm not an expert and we're not experts in this asset class and we're not heavy investors in the TIPS asset class here at Baird. But it is something that I think you have to note those differences with the I-bond and I think you have to understand that you truly are in the bond market, even though it does say inflation protected that's really just a principal adjustment more than anything else. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, suggest people go to tipswatch.com. We had David Inna who runs that on our show about a year or so ago talking about I-bonds, but he, he started learning about and talking about this. He, he writes on this every day uh, at tipswatch.com. So we'll link to that if you're looking to get more information on, on tips. And I'll also encourage you to think of tips, treasury Infl- inflation protected securities. Think about the outside letters TS, treasury security. It's kind of a treasury security first before it is inflation protected. And I have a strong feeling that the treasury security part, the interaction and reaction to inflation in the bond market and interest rates is kind of what drove the way that tips were performing uh, in 2022. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You can definitely get people that will view that market and price it. And it's based on their future expectations of inflation. I think what's important to note right now is that while inflation is high, keep in mind that you know the consensus is still that inflation will come down 
and that yeah. the Fed is really committed to fighting inflation. So I think that's something just to acknowledge as well. Yeah, you right there, uh, what you just said is perfect because again, it goes back to what people ask me about the market. They say, how is it doing? Well, the, the stock market price is based on the averaging of everyone's ex expectations of what will happen uh, in the future. And so inflation, when it's reported in the news, is a 12-month number. And so I've been looking at it recently and seeing that inflation's still high right now. Well, if you look at the monthly numbers, the first nine months are really high and the last three months are not. And so when you see in the newspaper inflation is high, they might be talking about inflation 11 months ago. And the uh, bond market is sophisticated. The stock market is sophisticated. People are buying and selling those with billions of dollars, trillions of dollars sometimes, based on what they think is going to happen, not on what already happened. And what you're reading in the newspaper about inflation at all times is what already happened, right? That's exactly what the inflation number, uh, inflation number is. All right, well, we got to talk about municipal bonds. Tell us about those and maybe any other kind of interesting bond categories as you look forward to 2023? Sure. Well, maybe I'll start with some others and then I'll finish with, uh, with yeah, let's do it. municipal bonds. You know, just some interesting things right now. I, I think first and foremost, this type of volatility is really exciting for us in that it does create opportunities for investors that are, you know, really paying close attention to valuations and, and doing credit research and doing security research. So I think our whole team here at Baird has really been laser focused throughout this past 12 months. We've seen the bond market prices fall, but these opportunities are great for our investors. So we wanna, we wanna capitalize where appropriate. Um, one of the first ones is mortgage-backed securities. These are backed by the US federal government and they're supported and paid back with pools of mortgages. And this is a sector that we were very underweight or, or less exposed to at the start of this year and relative to our benchmarks. And what we've actually been doing is we've been reducing that underweight or taking up exposure because it's, it's underperformed. And we've, we feel that this cheaper valuation level better compensates us. Uh, mortgages obviously were heavily bought by the Fed during the pandemic. The Fed amassed $9 trillion of treasuries and mortgages. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and it, it really supported the economy. But now the Fed has said, look, we're going to remove some of our support to fight inflation. Part of that removal is that they'll let some of these mortgages roll off of their balance sheet and they're not going to be a buyer. As a result, that, that has cheapened the market and it's made it more attractive for us to enter and be a buyer of those securities for our portfolios. One of the other areas that we've been focused on is the financial sector within the corporate bond market. So think, think of US banks as an example. Um, this has been an area where there's been a lot of issuance. And sometimes when a lot of bonds get issued into the market, the prices have to go down a little bit to make sure to find enough buyers. And at those cheaper levels, those cheaper prices, it's created more yield because when, when bond price goes down, bond yield goes up. And it's made them attractive investments for us because these are integral uh, companies that are very well capitalized. The US financial system's in pretty good health this time, a little different from the global financial crisis. And we found that's been a great area to look 
as again, that sector of the market has provided a little bit more value year to date. Finally, and last but not least, the, the municipal bond market. Your favorite. My favorite. Um, municipal bond market, is, it's a high quality asset class. I think if the Fed is tightening the economy with higher policy rates, this high quality asset class really offers some protection there. And I do think if you look through the U.S. Uh, municipal market, there was stimulus that was received during the pandemic, which helped to strengthen finances. And a lot of these issuers have done a lot of work um, over the last five to 10 years, improving their fiscal position. And that helps them come into this slowing economy in a position of strength. And so we like the fundamentals within the asset class. The other thing we like is the yield. You typically don't see municipals in a retirement portfolio, but for investors who have they're saving for retirement, they've maxed that out and they have other non-retirement savings. The real benefit for municipals is you don't get taxed by the federal government on the yield. And that's extremely powerful. So just to give you an example, if you bought a municipal and it yields 4%, that's the equivalent of buying a taxable bond, you know, a corporate bond or a treasury bond that yields 6.8%. So that 4% is really the equivalent of 6.8. That's that's the that's the bite of taxes. Yeah. And and that's extremely powerful right now and we just think at these new higher yields that tax benefit gets magnified and you know for a high quality asset class like municipals that's become kind of a rallying cry and we've seen retail investors really take note and we see it in trade trading flow and behavior and buying behavior um, that even though money has been moving around quite a bit in financial markets this year, but those new higher yields have certainly attracted the eyes of some investors. Yeah. And, and you think through with people who are worried about a recession perhaps happening, whenever you feel that way, whether it's today or years from now, typically a recession means that people are spending less, companies are spending less, and yet governments are still probably taxing and they have those tax dollars that can, that can pay back those municipal bonds. Yeah, so that's yeah. just a, a piece to, to keep in mind there. Yeah, very essential, very essential services. Yeah. Very essential services. And I would just add one one last thing, Jeremy, on, on this note, is that the yield curve is inverted. We didn't talk about that at all today, but short yields are actually above longer yields, which is pretty abnormal. In terms of what's interesting to us right now, we do think those short yields are attractive, but we are still encouraging our investors to really align their investments in the bond market with their longer term goals. Um, that's really the best way still to approach it. Don't get caught up with maybe a high CD rate or a high short term rate. If your goal is longer horizon, you'll wanna lock in that yield for a longer period of time. So really trying to align the goal with the duration or the maturity of that fixed income investment is still really key even though those short-term yields are so, so high and, and kind of tempting, frankly, in today's market. Yeah, it's just the, the fundamentals. You should be investing based on your risk. So it's kind of like risk matching, we'll call it. And you should be investing based on when you need the money back. So we'll call it time matching. Like risk That's matching right. and time matching, like that'll never go out of style. Like it shouldn't, at least. That's, that's the way you ought to always look at it. 
Awesome. Well, I've got one more question for you, Gabe. But before we get to that, tell us what's the best way for people to reach out to you or to learn about your work at Baird? Sure. We've got a great team here. We're right in downtown Milwaukee uh, in the U.S. Bank building. You can reach out to our full team. We try to be open access. My email is gdiedrich at rwbaird.com. So g-d-i-e-d-e-r-i-c-h at rwbaird.com. And, you know, certainly, you know, appreciate the opportunity to join everyone here and talk a little bit about the bond market. And obviously, you know, with 110 billion in, in client assets across all our fixed income portfolios, certainly a breadth of things that we offer and, uh, and expertise. So appreciate being able to share that with, with your listeners. Yeah, it's been fun. And we'll make sure to get your email in our show notes, links to rwbear.com and things like that and the show notes. And of course, if you're interested in learning about the work that, that I'm doing with Cal Financial Partners, probably the easiest way is to go to retirement-revealed.com is how to reach out to me. Good. All right, Gabe, we've got our final question for you. So please just tell us something about yourself that few people know about. And remember, this podcast is rated clean. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, uh, yeah, this, this is um, this is a clean one. They, Excellent. When I was when I was 17 uh, and I grew up in the Green Bay area on a dairy farm, uh, when I turned 17, I got up in the morning and my dad was in my room to wake me up. And I said, what is what's going on here? Why are you why are you in here? Why are you waking me up like this? And he's like, come downstairs. And there was a camera crew from the local TV station doing a profile on regular life of Wisconsin residents. And my parents didn't tell myself, my other three siblings. <laughs> and it ended with me having to sing happy birthday on the local news. And uh, I'm just glad this was pre-social media because I definitely would not want that one floating around. Now that it's out there, I got a feeling someone can dig dig deep enough and maybe find that. But that's that's awesome. Thanks <laughs> thanks for sharing that. Awesome. Well, th thanks for coming on, Gabe. This has been a blast. You've taught us so much about bonds, and we re really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you'll feel better about your money, and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.